Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. I think God just knew my heart because I haven't had a cigarette in about a week. Um, But it hasn't been, like I have no uh, withdrawal symptoms, no shakes. Used to, I would get so irritable I'd go buy a pack and holler at my kids. So there's nothing, like it's gone. So. Hallelujah. <laughs> Can I have just, just a minute, just a minute of your time? I do feel like I have a word from the Lord this morning. Um, I've been hearing other prophets, not that I'm considering myself a prophet, but I do have a word from the Lord this morning. I've been hearing from other prophets that this season that we're in is a season of deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. Deliverance is this, this thing of the demonic attachment being severed and cast off. I mean, I mean, it's not like no like patty cake kind of thing, like demonic stuff that is on Christians in the church. It's the season for it to be cut off. And so Casey's testimony is, a t- Casey's, uh, the cigarettes, like that is a deliverance of the demonic thing that, that, that lies to us and says, you can't get rid of me. But God says that this is a season, and it's not just a season and and a minute in time, but he is maturing the church into who he says that we are, because we have all authority over the enemy. But we have to set our face like flint. That's what I've been hearing all morning. We have to set our face towards the Lord. We have to set our face towards the Lord. And we have to put our faith into the one who has called himself deliverer. So I'm just going to read this just real quick. And this is in Daniel chapter 10. And it says, For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. But lo, Michael, the one, uh, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand. Anyway, da 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 da. He hears your cry and he is coming. That's what he wants us to know. And he wants us to set our face like flint because the deliverer is coming. Are you struggling with sexual sin? He's coming. Are you struggling with addiction? He's coming. Are you struggling with feeling like an orphan and you're not, you don't belong and you're not beloved? He is coming. He is coming. He is coming and he's coming quickly. He's coming quickly. Okay, so there's your word of encouragement for this morning. Let's all stand. <laughs> Jesus, you are our deliverer. Jesus, you are our deliverer. And we call upon the name of Jesus and we will not be moved because we trust you and there is no other. There is no power that is greater than you. And we just set our face like flint before your throne today, oh God. And we just say thank you for the blood and for the body. And we thank you for this precious day. We thank you for Casey's deliverance. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. Just go into prayer with me if you would. Just kind of coming out of that song. If you would just bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want to invite you just to go ahead and lift that up to the Lord. You're still my first love. You're my only one. Just begin to release that just from your heart to the Lord. Just just begin to confess to Jesus who He is in your life and how much you love Him. And Come on, just take a minute and do that. Just, just your heart, your heart, your word. Just tell Jesus. Just give Him that worship just coming from you for just a moment. He loves to hear from you. He loves to be with you. we just thank you we love you so much you're our life you're our one thing you're our pursuit I just invite you to say that with me Jesus you're my pursuit nothing else Jesus you are my one pursuit you are my one pursuit I lock eyes with you Jesus I trust you I follow you I surrender my life to You. I choose You. Thank You, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just welcome Your presence. Not just in us, but upon us and moving and working through this house and opening up hearts and just releasing revelation. Opening up Your Word to us. I just pray, Lord, that You would just move upon every heart in this house. Lord, no matter where they've been or what they're going through or what their needs are, we just pray that You just move in hearts today. We just pray that You heal where healing is needed. We just pray that You release peace where there's anxiety, where there's worry. We pray that You just release healing and love where there's woundedness, where there's brokenness. Those that are just longing to encounter You, Jesus, I just pray that they meet You at that place that they turn to see You standing there with Your arms wide open, just ready to embrace them. We love You. We yield to You. We invite You just to have Your way in this house and that You be glorified. Jesus, You and You alone be glorified in and in all that we do for Your kingdom and for Your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Grab your Bible and turn to John chapter 14. How many of you love the Word of God? I said, how many of you love the Word of God? Yes. So turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John in chapter 14, and we're going to dig in there in just a few moments. And, uh, and then I'll be sharing some other areas of Scripture with you as we walk through some of these things. So if you have a notepad and pen, then I would invite you to be ready so that you can write them down and go home and study these Scriptures and uh, begin to seek seek the Lord in these areas that God's leading us into. Um, so last week I started uh, speaking on this, and so I'm kind of 
doing it in two parts since we kind of ran out of time. So I'm talking about stewarding His presence. Stewarding the presence of the Lord in your, in your life. And um, I want to just talk about what God has been doing. Uh, how we steward it rightly for personal and kingdom growth. Right? How we steward what God has done in us. Um, and so we're just going to kind of step through this and get into a few different areas today. I mentioned to you last week, I'm just going to kind of hit a few things to kind of back us up, but we know that as born-again believers filled with the Holy Spirit, that we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that we live out our lives like literally um, hosting the presence of God. Amen? And in that then, as we host the presence of the Lord that in our pursuit of Him in different things that we attend, a church service or conferences or different things, sometimes it's even just in our homes and our prayer closets and time in the Word and just in our pursuit of Jesus, it looks so many different ways that we have these moments and these times of of outpouring, of where we just encounter Him in such a, a tangible uh, way. Um, where we just feel this fresh wind and move of God where, again, His tangible presence is just manifested in our hearts and in our midst. I love these moments and I long, I long for these moments um, along with hosting Him and, and by faith knowing His presence is with us and that we're hosting Him and, and He's leading us and He's guiding us. And we have all these things, but... Um, I begin to look about and pray about uh, different things that we go through. Uh, and like uh, uh, just a couple weeks ago, we had this conference and we had so many things happen and so many testimonies uh, and deliverance and healing and salvation and uh, just words, uh, uh, prophetic words released in people that just confirm things that God has given them and it helped just move them and help them step deeper into these things. And so I, 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 lo I love these and I long for these things, but I wanted, I wanted to bring us back and I wanted us to look about how we steward those moments, how we steward the presence of the Lord because um, it, whatever God does in us is never meant for us to stay there. Right? It was never just meant for that moment and then for, to wait for the next outpouring, the next revival that we hear about somewhere that we try to get to to maybe catch what's going on, guys. Come on. I mean, you know, it's, again, it's, just, it's not meant to stay there. It was, it's, for, it, it's for our lives to be changed. Everything that God does that you experience in Him is for your life to be changed. And it's never meant to be temporary. Amen? Matter of fact, I would go up further to say that the fruit of what happens is determined by how long it lasts. Amen? And yet we have the responsibility of receiving, but then we have the responsibility of steward. So I want to talk about stewardship, and that's what's on my heart. Amen? So he, we have these times, these moments sometimes, and again, sometimes it's just personally in your own worship and prayer times where just have this overwhelming power of His manifest presence, and sometimes it's in different, uh, different services or whatever that it may be, but it's, it's so that we can go out 
and release what we've received. And we see this. I talked more about this last week and what the disciples experienced as they walked with Jesus and had Him right there next to them. We talked a little bit about what happened on the day of Pentecost. Amen? But, but ultimately, I just want us to start here this morning as we pick up so I don't have to re-preach my whole sermon, is that when, 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 when God moves in certain ways and we encounter Him in, 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 in ways where He just brings this refreshing and renewing and hunger and awakening and whatever that it may be, um, we should always come out of that and the leading of that is walking in a new lifestyle of, of stewarding what we've received stewarding what we receive. If we received healing, then we steward that. If we received a breakthrough of, a, of, of, a, of, of strongholds or um, temptations that's been kind of overwhelming us, or, or sin that's been broken off of us, then we learn how to steward that. Amen? So what I'm saying is, is that moment may end, but His presence and what He releases into us and the hunger that awakens in us is supposed to stay with us and empower us to be witnesses. Amen? So again, every move of God, every outpouring, every transforming encounter that you may have should result in change if you steward it well. Okay. Turn to John's Gospel, chapter 14. I read this uh, last week along with the parable of of stewarding the talents. I'm not going to go back to that Scripture today, but I want to I launch back off here of John in chapter 14 because it's so good. John in chapter 14 and verse 19. You guys there? A little while longer, Jesus talking to His disciples. He's preparing them. He just says, I, I'm the only way, guys. I'm the only way, the truth, and the life. Come down to verse 19, right after the promise of another Helper, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then verse 19, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you're going to see me because I live, you will live also. Jesus says, at that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Isn't that beautiful? He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Now guys, this is so important. Everybody say stewardship. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is He who loves me. Encountering the presence of God was never meant for you just to feel good. Everybody listen. It seems like those moments whenever heaven is open and we're encountering the Lord, and there's just this manifestation of gifts His presence, it was never meant for you just to feel good. It was meant for us to be changed. And this Scripture says, He who has my commandments, verse 21, and keeps them, it is He who loves me, and He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love Him and manifest myself to Him. I'm going to stop there this morning. We read on last week a little bit, but I just kind of wanted to come back and I want to just hit this just a little bit more today. So guys, when we're talking about stewarding, and living our life out following Jesus, like pursuing what He's done in us. The, the, it's the, the pursuit of Jesus is the platform for His manifest presence in our lives. The pursuit of Jesus is the platform for His manifest presence in our lives. 
our God is meant to be experienced, not just in known, but to experience. Jesus says, I and the Father am one, and we are one together, all of us together, that He could manifest Himself in us. My goodness, that is such a powerful, powerful truth and good news. The pursuit of Jesus is the platform for His manifest presence. So, everything begins right here in stewardship. When you think about discipleship, what is discipleship? What's discipleship? What's the difference of people encountering Jesus and and coming in lost maybe and being in an atmosphere where they just feel His love and His presence and they're like, man, that looks good. I want that. Yes, I can repent. I can say I'm sorry. And and they go through this process. But guys, what's what's the underlining foundation of someone living out a changed life as a disciple is being a true follower of Jesus? Amen? It's not that they, they repeated some prayer or that we repeated this prayer down this altar and then now all of a sudden because I did that I can just go on my own way and then, and, then, and then hopefully get to heaven. Come on guys, listen. We need to grab a hold of Jesus calling us into a lifestyle that is wholehearted pursuit of Him. And that wholehearted pursuit of Him is a life that is changed. And it's this revelation in John 14 even that Jesus says, man, if you love me, then you're going to obey my commands. So true discipleship is following. It's following Jesus, man. It's following His Word. It's learning His Word. Getting obedience to it. We come in as children. We're, 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 we're like babes in Christ. And then as we pursue Him and we know His Word and we've, been, we've got the Holy Spirit that brings conviction, then we don't excuse sin anymore, man. It's identified in us. Oh man, this is what the Word says. Jesus, I love You. I don't want to live in disobedience. And I repent of that thing. And and then I allow the Holy Spirit to empower me and then to run away from that sin, man, in pursuit of the Lord. So we're going to talk about stewarding His presence, stewarding feeling good, stewarding the anointing, stewarding His gifts, stewarding and outpouring. All that stuff is beautiful, but guys, everything comes down to how you steward your discipleship with the King. And it's in true obedience to His Word. Isn't that so good? Like this is the foundation of stewarding His presence. Amen? This is where it starts. Isn't that good? So Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, convict us. Convict us of sin. Convict me of sin. Lord, if there's sin in my life, convict me. Holy Spirit, convict me of sin. Bring me in alignment with Your Word. Let Your your truth be illuminated in my life, Lord, that I may follow it all the days of my life. Amen? Okay. There we go. So then... I talked a little bit last week coming out of that because that's foundational of how do we move on? How do we, as we have these moments where we just feel fresh fire, like our hunger for the Lord and for the Word and in time in prayer and, and to just to walk in true obedience begins just to awaken inside of us as we have these encounters or outpourings and moments with the Lord where things just kind of shift inside of us. Like, how do we steward that? And, and uh, there's so many things. It goes on and on and on. But, but there's six things that I, that I wanted just to bring into us uh, as, we, as, we, as we walk as stewards of what God's entrusted into us. And so I broke two of these open last week. And number one, guys, uh, is, 
and I know it's simple, I share this, but it is, it is being thankful. It is learning to live with a mindset and a heart of thanksgiving unto the Lord. Um, um, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Amen? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what comes your way, come on, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. It's a key. It's a key to stewarding your freedom. It's a key to stewarding your breakthrough when God breaks that chain off and not allowing the enemy to come back and wrap that thing around you. Is continue identifying and recognizing what God has done, what God is doing, and then what God's going to do in your life. Living with that continual heart, come on man, of giving thanks. Psalm 104 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving into His courts with praise. Be thankful and bless His name. I just, want, I just want to lay this in here. And part of stewarding is like where our heart posture at is at in all things to give Him thanks. Because a good steward's heart is a thankful heart that releases thanksgiving. Amen? Life flows out of a thankful heart. Okay. Number two that I preached on last week was embracing your sonship. Guys, stewarding what God is doing is huge. It's everything. Had a conversation with with family last night a little bit, and 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 one of the one of the things that we were you know just kind of brought up and we were discussing is is how can how can someone how can someone encounter God's presence right and and be and be set free of something and be completely changed by it and and then and then end up. Uh, days or weeks or months or however long, then then going back, walking back to where they came from. Well, I want to encourage you today, God, that nowhere in that is a lack of God or what God did. Amen. The only lack that could be in there at some point in time, we stopped stewarding what He do- has done for us and what He's given us. Amen. And stopped a pursuit of, of obeying His commands and all that we do. So we steward this. We steward this thing. Miss Casey's testimony. I've, we've known her for so long. Lori and I were so blessed to have her testimony and, and, to, and, and, and to know the things that's happened in her life and to watch her go through this, 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 this walk and with the Lord and to be where she's at today. And I, I agree with her. I agree that, that that demonic stronghold has been broken off of you, Casey, in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I, I just I just pray that through the help of the Holy Spirit that yeah, you don't have any lingering side effects, that the sh- all the stuff sometimes that goes along with breaking free of addictions, that it's not even going to be there. Amen? That He's just going to walk you through that. thing. you're going to wake up and even the desire of that thing, that because it's just not even going to be there. You're just going to desire the Lord. You're going to desire His Word. You're going to desire His presence. That your obedience as a disciple to follow Him is going to become the longing of your heart that's greater than the desire of anything that the world can give you and that's going to flow out of a heart of thanksgiving but the key is is miss is 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 that man she's got to she's got to steward that now like she leaves here now and she stewards that with a heart of thanksgiving and and a heart of pursuing jesus and being in the word amen and 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 praying for the holy spirit to empower us that gives us self-control to be able to, to be able to tell the enemy no when the temptation gets strong. To turn to the Lord and, and, and instead of back to those things, guys. So stewardship, learning to steward the ship. The second thing that is embracing your sonship. Embracing sonship. 
And I just feel like this is so important as I've watched people coming in and out of the church all, all my lifetime. I've watched this and I've watched people step into who they are in Christ and I've watched people that would give their heart to the Lord and then yet they still have this mindset, right, of being an orphan or being a slave. It's like God wants us free. Like when we come to the Lord and He sets us free and we turn to Him, we call upon Him, He, he calls us into this place of sonship and daughtership. And so, so part of stewarding His presence is to embrace that you're a son and, and, or a daughter of, of, of the King. Amen? And th- this, is, this is kind of our starting place when we receive the Lord, when we surrender, when we repent, when we say, Jesus, You have my all. And then we say, man, I am no longer my own but I belong to the Lord. I'm a new creation in Christ. Come on, man. I'm no longer an addict. That is no longer who I am. I am now a child of God. I may have once been bound to alcohol, alcoholic, but I'm not an alcoholic no more because I'm a new creation in Christ. Come on, man. No matter what that thing is. And then we begin to step into that thing as a son and daughter, and then we begin to walk in that thing with the authority that He's given us. Galatians 4, 6 and 7, because your sons... God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Ephesians 2.18, For through Him, through Jesus, now as sons and daughters, uh, we have access by one Spirit to the Father. To steward His presence, you have to embrace your identity as a son and daughter and begin to walk in such a way. Walk in it. Put on the new man. Put on the new man. Okay, I'm going to step into these new things, but I'll say this real quick. When you can embrace your sonship, stewarding His presence in your life comes from a place of being rather than begging. Like when, when we step into the place of sonship and daughtership and embracing that, then all of a sudden stewarding His presence in our life comes from a place of being rather than begging or earning. So important that we embrace our sonship. Okay. These next four things I want to give to you here in just a few moments of time um, are, are all individual, but yet... Um, it's corporately as well. I feel like these four things, these next four things, are things that are important for us to, to, to again, grab individually, but then also as we gather corporate as a body, as a family of God, uh, what the Lord has is, is given to us and part of our responsibility as a church to steward, to steward the presence of God as He begins to and continues to release uh, His presence over our house. So this third thing, the third thing of stewarding His presence is cultivating family. Cultivating, cultivating family. Um, thank you, God. How many are thankful for family? How many know sometimes families get messy? Like our family, our blood families. We've got to cultivate family, guys. It's part of stewarding His presence is cultivating, it's cultivating family. We see this in Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47. I don't even, I'm not even going to read that, but write that down and go through there and read that. And you can see that after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, you see the church coming together and you can see them cultivating family and celebrating one another. Celebrating what God is doing in our midst as part of, of, of stewarding His presence. It's, 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 it's 
It's such a huge part of it. And, and let me just say this real quick. When I look back, when I look back um, at, at e- even just as recent as our conference a couple weeks ago, and what, and what God did there. And I look back over so many other times of Sunday services and a Sunday night service and a Wednesday night service and just different moments, things where the men were together, all these different things. As I look back over them and, and times where, where we were just under just such a powerful, strong uh, a manifestation of the, of the presence of God, to, to, describe, to describe what happened and why it was so powerful, there's always one thing that, uh, that comes to mind when I look back over those times. You know what it is? It's family. You feel family. You feel family. You feel, you feel unity. You feel His, His perfect love cultivating, cultivating unity. When, when, you, when you read back in Acts and you look at, at, at the upper room and, and you, you read what the Word of God says, that in that place they were all in what? They were all in one accord. They were in harmony. They were in oneness. It was as a family. Guys, listen. Family is the runway for the release of heaven. Family is the runway for the release of heaven. It's why, it's why the enemy works so hard to divide, to divide the church. It's one of the reasons why the enemy works so hard to sow discord amongst the brethren. Because God's caught us. It's the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What's the other? Love, love one another. Love your brother. Love your sister. Love others. Love people. Love. Family. This family. Family is the runway for heaven's release. It's God's design. John 14, he says, it's our love for one another that proves that we're His disciples. It's not our gifts, guys. I mean, Craig and Andrea are, are absolutely amazing in the whole worship team and how they lead us in worship, but it's not their gifting. Amen? It's not someone's preaching. It's not None of these things are what, what truly identify his, us as His disciples. It's the love that we have for one another that identifies us as His disciples. Amen? So listen, cultivating family takes a heart posture of honor. Everybody say honor. Cultivating family takes a heart posture of honor. It says, I trust you. Right? It says, I trust you. It says, I celebrate you. It says, I'm not in competition with you. It says, I trust you and I'm not in competition with you. Why? Because we're all family. We're all family. So in the kingdom, it's like this. In the kingdom, when you win, I win. That's family. That's celebration. You're praying for a change in your life, and then someone over here stands up and gives a testimony, and they're like, oh man, I've been waiting for that. Why did it happen? Man, let me tell you something. Your family, so when they win, you won. So all of a sudden we learn to celebrate what God's doing when a child is, is when, when a mom, a mother and father, um, you know, announce, hey, we're having a baby. Then we celebrate with them because when they win, we win. When, whatever that it is, guys, we learn celebration. When, we, when someone steps up and they said and confess that they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they come through like baptism next week. This is going to be a house of celebration next week. Why? Because when they won, we win. But you know what the biggest thing is? Is when we win, He wins. And so as we celebrate one another and what God's doing, ultimately we're celebrating Him because He's the one that wins. When I look back, one of the most powerful things I saw a few weeks ago was the pure joy 
in celebration of the whole body for what each individual is receiving. How many saw that? How many were here? How many, how many when you look back, when you look back, the, the, the number one thing that you saw was the pure joy in celebration of the whole body celebrating what God had done in someone. Every time someone came and got testimony, it was like, shh. every time there was a word of the Lord that was released into someone, everyone listened, they turned, they watched him. And after that, then there was just complete celebration and agreement of that joy over them. Guys, that's family. And if you're going to, as we steward, as we steward what the Lord releases into our church family, into our body, we, we, we continue to make sure that we're cultivating that heart of family. Amen? Keep cultivating that. It's how you steward His presence. Ephesians 4.3 says, Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I love it. Romans 12 and 10, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor. In honor. In honor. Giving, giving preference. Preferring. Preferring. Giving preference to one another. And not lagging in diligence. What's that mean? That means that we're actually intentional in celebrating one another. We're intentional in recognizing one another. Whenever you're going down the hallway and you, one of these children come by, man, you like, you like high-five them. Stop them. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them how much Jesus loves them. When our teenagers and our young adults are going down the road, man, come on, you stop them. You love on them. You just re recognize what God... You cheer them on, man. Come on, man. And you teenagers, whenever you see some of us older folks that are walking down the hallway or coming in, then, we, then we, we honor them, we thank them, we love them, we respect them, we recognize what they've been through, we recognize their experience, man, and we let them know how much we need them in our life. It's like God grafting the whole body together because we need the whole body. But, the, but, 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 but what I'm saying in this is that it's not just, yeah, I feel that in my heart, but love is expressed. What's my saying? Love looks like it looks like something. You show it. It's evident. And so, so we learn to, to cultivate that and release that and be intentional, fervent in spirit in serving the Lord and, and celebrating family and what God's doing. Amen? Stewarding His presence. When we can see each other the way God sees us, we see promise rather than problems and that releases heaven. That's family. And we call that out. We call out what the Father ha has spoken and what He sees over each and every one of us. Amen. We cultivate family. Everybody say cultivate family. Okay. It's all part of stewarding His presence. Number four, be interruptible. I'm a planning guy. That's the list that you see out there for the men's retreat. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm telling you, it's like, it starts at six and it ends at five and there's a full-blown itinerary for every moment within there. And at the end of the day, we want what God wants so we can, that, that whole itinerary can be blown away as far as I'm concerned. But that's how I'm made. We need people like me. Then we need people like some of y'all that would just show up and be like, okay, God, what are you going to do? No one knows when we're eating. No one knows who's bringing food. No one even knows when the thing starts. Y'all know some of you fit in that category. You're thankful for people like me because at least you know when to get there. <laughs> God loves plans. He loves vision. He loves looking ahead. He's, he's in the details. How many, how many know God's in the details? He created the world and everything in it in a certain order. But how many know sometimes His order doesn't look like our order? And when we don't understand this revelation, let me say this, you, you're never going to put God in a box. He's too big. But you can put yourself in a box. Let me, let me give you an illustration. Everybody doing okay? I've got I to go because I've got two more to get through, but 
Let me give you an illustration. Uh, a few weeks ago, it was Friday night of the conference, and things were, it was, it was towards the end, towards the altar time, and I was praying a little bit, and uh, I was just asking the Lord, you know, what he, this was Friday night, and I was asking the Lord what he wanted to do. And I just felt the Lord tell me that he said, I, I want to I release joy. People need my joy. I want to break off some of this heaviness, and I want people to step into my joy. And so I, I can't remember who had the microphone, but I just stepped up here, shared with them what I heard the Lord say, and I gave the invitation for that. And it was obviously the heart of Father because 80% of the people stepped up and said, man, I need this, right? Like I've been faithful. I love the Lord. He knows my heart. But man, I just feel like I've been attacked and I, like, I just, like the joy of the Lord hasn't been there. I want, I want to release that and receive that. And so I prayed that and I just felt such a great release of the joy of the Lord over everyone that I prayed for. And then yet, I knew that it wasn't fully done. I'm like, okay, Lord, You're the releaser, not me. We're disagreeing with what You said. And I felt that. And then we went on. It was a beautiful night. And then we got into Saturday. Saturday was a youth and young adult night, but all of us came and we, 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 we kind of just we came in on the tail because we weren't going to miss it. And it was beautiful what God was doing. And then at one point, um, the Lord had this uh, had everyone come, our young people, remember that? And the children all get in a circle. And I think maybe the young adults were behind them. Somehow they were all linked together. But it showed how God was bringing together all, all, all of us, from the youngest to the oldest. And we had, had, had them all in a circle. And it was just so beautiful. And, then, and we were just releasing their purpose and releasing and calling them to step into what God had planned for them. And, just, and it was so beautiful. And I was just kind of standing back here. Uh, different people were praying for them. And, they, and Morgan stepped up and began to just release, release into them. She's our young adult leader. And just began to agree with heaven over our teenagers and over our young adults. And it was absolutely beautiful. And yet, even as I was watching a little bit, I could, I could see that there was still some resistance. And I'm like, man, God, what's, what's happening here? But, but you know, you have that sometimes. You can't always judge by what you see. And so I'm like, okay, God, you know what's happening in the hearts. And, and so this started happening. And then some of the leadership team up here, um, the joy of the Lord from Friday night fell upon them in a supernatural way. It was a manifestation, a supernatural manifestation of joy that fell upon them. And then, and then all of a sudden, they laid hands on someone else, and then all of a sudden you had up here just the joy of the Lord, I mean, with laughter and beauty and crying and peace and just freedom falling upon them. And so, I'm watching a little bit because you guys know me. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to, I got to keep everything in my box here somewhat or you know at the end of the day I'm going to be the one that answers for it and I'm like so I want to be sensitive and I want to be open and I'm watching and and then I'm like well Lord okay um, and I felt like like just I'm just to be honest with you uh, and I I didn't talk to Lori about this till we got home that night I'm like hey how, how do you feel how'd it go um Blah, blah, blah. You know, is there anything that we need to address? And both of us uh, talking about it uh, when that when it first started to happen felt like it was um, out of place a little bit because we had Morgan, we had the young people. Morgan's praying over them. Yet I could still feel like there was it wasn't 
breaking free fully. I felt like there were still things binding there, and I could see just some resistance. And so Morgan's praying. No one up here meant for this to happen. They were just yielding. It just, it just fell. And it, as they were open, the joy of the Lord just fell over here on Miss Christie, then the next person, and before I knew, it was all over the platform. And so you had this manifestation happening up here of joy and laughter and some crying and, and just, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful outpouring of, of, of supernatural manifestation. Morgan praying for these young people. Then all of a sudden, they, they begin to kind of open up their eyes a little bit and be like, hey, what's happening up here? Then I'm over here as the pastor. And I'm like, Lord, do I stop this? Do I stop that? Do I stop anything? Do I just step back? I'm trying to figure things out. God's saying, you can't always figure me out. And I'm like, well, okay, God. Then I don't want to stop this. So I just kind of begin to watch and be sensitive and listening to Him. and Because uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to please God. I'm not going to please man. So I'm just listening. And then what happened then is what God did up here then began to break out down here and our teenagers and the children and the young people begin to be filled with the joy of the Lord. And it just like the chains then just begin to be broken off. And all I'm saying is, is that it, was, it, was, it was a divine interruption. It was divine interruption. It was God-designed interruption that opened up heaven and people were set free. There was a young girl, hopefully she'll give her testimony soon, there was a young girl that was delivered of three demons that night following that encounter. There were more people that were set free of different things. Come on, guys. So I'm just saying, Lord, let us be interruptible. I'm not saying out of order, I'm saying interruptible. But, but sometimes I want to be in His order. Come on. Jesus, Jesus uh, modeled for us a life of willingness to be interrupted. I'm looking at several different things this week. And, but in, in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 5, Jesus was on His way to raise Jairus' daughter. You guys remember the story, right? Raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. And uh, they're, walking, they're walking through the crowd. They're going. Him and the disciples, they're heading to the house. You know, they're on purpose, they're on mission, and they're going through the crowd, and then someone touched him. Someone reached out and touched the hem of his garment and was instantly healed. The moment that they touched the hem, they were instantly healed. Jesus wasn't expecting it. He was going to Jairus' daughter, and this lady reached out, she touched his garment. He wasn't expecting it. But he felt power come from him, and the scripture says he stopped. Jesus allowed the interruption. And He stopped. He stopped right there in His tracks. And He turned around and He said, who touched me? And He took time. And He blessed her faith. He recognized her faith to, just, to be able to press through all the obstacles that was in the way and touch the hem of her garment. And this woman physically was healed. It's so beautiful. But then God, but then Jesus, Jesus, um, um, uh, spoke into her identity. And he, and, he, and he called her daughter. Because she had lost her identity. Her earthly father no longer called her daughter anymore because she was dirty. No one wanted to be around her. She had to sleep out all by herself. All these things. So she had lost her identity. So not only did He heal her, but He ultimately set her free by, by calling her into this place of embracing her sonship or daughtership and saying, now you're my daughter. 
And she stepped up into that place. I'm just saying that Jesus allowed this divine interruption to take place in that moment, in that time. And then He went. Then He went. He got back and He went. And then He went and raised Jairus' daughter up out of that bed. We see this over and over again through the Bible. Let, let's, and so this is what I'm saying. Individually, as you go out these doors, guys, like what you receive isn't for, just for you. It's for the people around you. You, you, we need to go go and make disciples. Go and release what I poured into you. And then corporately, as we gather together, God, what do you want to do? Where are you, what, 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 what's happening? Like, I want to be in your perfect order. I'll be, we've got our order laid out, God, but we're willing for it to be interrupted, Jesus. Just show us. So, so, so what, I, what, I, what I encourage you with here is let's seek the Father's heart corporately. Let's, let's make plans under His divine influence, Right? Right? Like every service, I'm like, Lord, lead us. Show me what you want this service to look like. I'm always asking, and I hear, and then you know, we put it together, but we've but we got to have this willingness to be interrupted for God's perfect order. So let's seek the Father's heart corporately. Let's make plans under His influence, and then let's be willing to be interrupted for His purpose. And not just here, but guys, in our everyday lives, as we're checking off our list. How many of you are list makers? List makers. Listen, Lori always has to tell me to lift up my head. She says, Scott, look up. Look up. I don't look up very much. I'd be walking around the neighborhood with her around our circle, and I'm looking down, and I'm, I don't have pen and paper with me, but I'm officially making a list in my mind of what I need to do. How many of you are made like me? Isn't it annoying sometimes? She's like, Scott, look up. Look at the trees. Look how beautiful it is. Notice what's going on around you. So, so it's like, yeah, we, we, we've got, to, you know, tomorrow, you got today, you're going to go eat lunch, you got this, maybe you're going to go meet, meet with your family, tomorrow's work, and we got to do this, and we, you may have to go to the store and pick up that. But what I'm saying is, we need to walk with such in, intentionality that in everything that they do, when, do when, we're, when we're waiting in line at Walmart for the next person to check out, that we're asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do? And we're willing to be interrupted. Maybe it's to pay for that single mom's groceries in front of you. Not knowing how long it took her to save up those $36 to buy two carton of eggs. That was not a joke. Come on, somebody. Or that lady that you walk by in aisle 7 in the bread aisle and you just lock eyes with her and it, with the, everything within you, Holy Spirit just shows you that man, she needs to know the love of the Father. So you're like, man, I got my list. I've only got 10 minutes. I've got to get all the way to the other side of the store to get ink for my printer. I'm telling you, let's be interruptible because it can change eternity if you'll stop and, stop and take time to release what the Father's telling you to release. Isn't that good? Help us, Lord. Help us learn to live with intentionality and being re ready and willing to be interruptible for Your perfect plan. I don't want to miss what God has. Amen. Proverbs 16.9 says, a, man, a, man's heart, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I want the Lord to direct my steps. Be thankful. I say be thankful. Everybody say be thankful. Embrace sonship. Cultivate family. Be interruptible. Don't be afraid to wait. Number five. I think this is so hard for us in today's culture because we're often impatient because we have our lists, right? And waiting on the Lord, especially as we're 
maybe as we're younger in the Lord and maturing in the Lord, often it, 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 it can oftentimes just seem awkward because we haven't cultivated stewardship in His presence this way. Right? So it can just feel awkward. Maybe sometimes waiting in worship feels awkward. Did waiting in worship feel awkward this morning? Because it can. Especially if you're not leaning in. Like they lead us in words. They lead us in songs. And we've got the song words up there. We're like, oh good, they picked my favorite song. And, we can, and we're going along with them. And then God just begins to move and stir. And all of a sudden, like this morning, you know, we went into this time period of worship where it was personal worship. Right? And the band was just playing. And they didn't have lyrics on the stream for you to follow along with. But just taking that moment. And it's like the, the instruments were working and the instruments were releasing. Come on, someone. I'm just saying, can, can, I, can I tell you that, that, that He was in the waiting? And in that moment, we've got to learn how to lean in and be willing to wait. Come on. Okay, everybody good? Okay. Um, waiting in prayer can feel awkward. Waiting to see what God's going to do next in a service. Like waiting on the Lord. But, but guys, listen. He's in the waiting. In your prayer time, He's in the waiting. In that worship time, He's in the waiting. Sometimes in the service, we're standing back like, God, where are you going? Where are you moving? Like, what's our next step? Like, He's in that, he's in that waiting, guys. He's in the seeking. He was, he was in the upper room, right? He was in the upper room. And then suddenly, but what led to the suddenly was Acts 1-4, being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to do what? To wait. Go and wait. Wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. Psalm 37 and 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Guys, we need to learn how to be good waiters. We need to learn how to be good waiters. And just waiting in His presence. Waiting in our prayer time. Reading, going through the Word of God. And praying for the Holy Spirit just to bring revelation to teach us the Word. And then just sitting back and just waiting sometimes for the Lord to show you things. Learning to wait. Learning to wait. Now here, I want you to grab this real quick because this is important. But waiting doesn't mean sitting back and being disconnected. Right? Like you got to get that. Because that, that's not waiting. That's just being disconnected. Waiting is, wait, waiting is like, it means to lean in with anticipation. It's kind of like, how many hunters are here? How many, how many guys hunt? Women, men, women hunt. We got a few. Is that it in Boonville, really? There's more of you that didn't raise your hand. But most of us understand the principle of hunting. We'll use deer hunting, for instance. Uh, it's, like, it's like a hunter waiting for their target. These guys that get up at 2 a.m. in the cold and go climb up and sit in a tree and it's dark and they wait for the sun to come up. But the moment that the sun comes up, they're alert. And they're, and they're listening. Like you're alert. You're looking around, you're, you know? You're being still, you're waiting, but you're alert and you're listening, you're listening for that twig to break. You're looking, you're waiting for that thing that you've been looking for. Come on, someone. To like, and, and, and there's anticipation of it to come into view. If not, you would have stayed in bed. So there's anticipation, there's waiting, there's watching, there's listening, there's, there, 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 there's, a, there's an alertness for that target to come into view. Amen? I did that for the longest time. I loved it. 
I hunted with someone that I don't think he was listening and alert and anticipating. Because all the time I was shooting deer. And he went with me all the time. We were hunting buddies. He never killed anything. Harvested, sorry. He never harvested anything. So then I would be like, okay, you go sit in my blind today, and I'm going to go sit in your blind, and I would go sit in his blind. Guess what would happen? Boom. Harvest. So I don't know what the deal was, if it's just the favor of the Lord or what was going on, but it makes me wonder sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing up there? Like, you eating Doritos and, and, you know, pouring down a Mountain Dew? Are you like pouring coffee? Like, what's going on? Are you sleeping? But we understand this principle of the waiting. Like being in the waiting is anticipation. It's anticipation. It's waiting for that thing to come into view, God. Right? In your prayer time, in your time in the Word. It's listening. It's watching. It's waiting. I'm going to tell you something. I believe in the Word of God. I believe in His promises. I believe that if you seek Him, you'll find Him. But you're not going to find them leaning back. You've got to lean in. You're not going to find them disconnected. You're only going to find them as you connect into what He's doing. You'll find them in prayer. You'll find them in the Word of God. You'll find them in leading in and worship, guys. You'll find them in obedience and pursuing obedience in His Word. You'll find them in the waiting. Come on. That's how we steward His presence. Isn't that good? One more, one more quick illustration. Since I'm a... I'm a I'm a preparer of all things. <clears throat> that Saturday night when all that happened and then the joy of the Lord just got released over our children and our young people, people began to be set free. and that, began, that went on for quite some time. I was praying and watching and then, then I, I go back into pastoral mode. <clears throat> so I'm thinking, okay, is this over with? Is it, time to, is it time to kind of pull this thing together? Am I supposed to step up now and... And you know, like God, God, what do you want to do? Where, 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 where are you going? How do, how do I lead from here, God? And and there was a time there as things kind of seemed to wrap up, where um, um, I, I I I stepped up, and I'm like, okay, thank the Lord for what He's doing. Um, you know, if you're done receiving prayer time or whatever that may be, then we encourage you just to go back to your seats and and just continue to worship. And nobody moved. And nobody moved. And then someone came to me and they said, Pastor Scott, the Lord's telling me that there are young people here that want to receive what they're seeing other people receive. They don't even know the Lord. They need, they need to invite Jesus into their heart. There are people today that are going to be saved. And I was about to close in prayer. So I'll use myself as the example in these things because I get it wrong. And, uh, and then so I let that person give that invitation. Do you know what? There were several young people that by obedience to that, had their lives eternally changed by confessing their sin and accepting Jesus. Baptized the very next. Saved Saturday night and baptized Sunday morning. And going through disciples. Isn't that powerful? So I'm just saying, guys, there's this, there's this longing in us of stewarding, stewarding God's presence corporately. Stewarding His presence individually. Right, that that will continue to allow it to flow, and part of that is us not being afraid to. And that's so good. Help us, Lord. He's in the waiting. Everybody say He's in the waiting. Okay, I'm going to give this last one, even though it's it's uh, noon, but I'll be quick on this one. Quicker than normal. Everybody say, take a risk. If you have a religious spirit, this will frustrate. If you look at even the parable of the talents, those that were faithful with the talents that the Lord had given them took a risk with those talents. They took a risk with those talents. 
And they increase those talents. Not operating in faith with what God's given you and taking, taking risk with it and what He leads you to do will, 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 will stop a move of God faster than anything. One of the ways that we steward what God's given us is how we use what He's given us. And sometimes using what He's given us takes risk. Think about, think about the disciples and how prepared maybe they felt or didn't feel to be sent out on their own, two by two, after being there with Jesus and just walk alongside with them and all of a sudden He's going to send them out. Think of the fear that they had to step over. The risks that they were taking. Now all this has been poured into me. Now He said, go do this in My name. Just think about this for a minute. How they had to step over that. What, what, I, want, what I want us to see is that stewarding His presence is always a risk. It takes faith. Stewarding His presence and stewarding His gifts and stewarding what He calls us to do. Stewarding what, what, what the Holy Spirit is showing you in the bread aisle of going over and telling a mother that He, he like just is burning in your heart, right? There's a risk in that. What's she going to say? Is she just going to spit on me? Is she going to listen to me? Is she just going to make her mad? Is she going to make a scene? Like There's risk in stepping out in faith in all the things that God calls us to do. But if we're going to steward His presence and we're going to learn to steward His voice and listen and lean in, come on, and be in the waiting and be willing to be interruptible, then when we hear it and we know it, then we've got to be willing to take a risk to release it. God doesn't always give us formulas, but He gives us faith. Faith is believing in something that we cannot see, right? Hebrews 11. That's faith. Very essence. So faith says something is possible even in the midst of the impossible because we know that with God, nothing is impossible. So in that, we can operate in faith and step out and take risks. We're putting, we're putting faith in a promise of God that often uh, uh, of something that we're not seeing yet Right? And something that the Lord's told us to do. Okay, God, I'm going I'm I'm to be, I'm gonna be obedient in that. And I can tell you that when you fully commit to what you hear the Lord saying, it'll activate your faith. It'll activate your faith. Amen. Kind of like the, like the kind of risk that says, Jesus, if you don't show up in what I feel you're leading me to do, then I'm going to look foolish. That's faith. That's a risk. Okay, Lord, I'm going to go pray that prayer over them because I, I, feel, I, feel, I felt what You released into me. I'm in agreement with Your Word, with what Your Word says and Your healing power, whatever it may be. Come on, man. I've got to be willing to take a risk. That's part of releasing what You've received. Okay, can you imagine the thoughts that Noah could have been having? Did Noah have to take a risk with what God told him to do? It's a huge risk. Can you imagine the thoughts the disciples were having when they had to cast out demons for the first time when Jesus wasn't standing right next to them? But they knew that He empowered them to do it. That's, that's stepping out in risk. Come on. Risk. Faith stares right into the face of fear and makes a statement that says, I long to please God more than man. I long to please God more than man. Truth is, foundational in, pra in practicing stewardship and taking risks. If we're, gonna, if we're gonna steward what the Lord's given us and what He releases into us, if we stay that open funnel for Him to pour through and into us, then He's got to pour out of us and that's gonna take risk. It's gonna take risk. Fear paralyzes, truth mobilizes. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear paralyzes, truth mobilizes, 
And perfect love casts out fear. Come on. So when we steward His love and fully step into it, then trust is established and fear is broken off. Step into the love. I'm going to say again, when we steward His love and fully step into it, trust is established as sons and daughters and fear is broken off. I'm going to finish with this. It would be a great thing. What if it doesn't go as planned? What if it doesn't go as planned? You learn. Matthew 17, the disciples are trying to cast out the demon out of this little boy. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it because Jesus said there was still unbelief in them. You guys remember the story? Right? And then Jesus comes and He heals the boy and then His disciples. Did Jesus ever tell His disciples from that moment on to not go cast out any more demons? Do you think they learned from that moment the importance of prayer and fasting and having their faith stirred up before they stepped into something? You guys good? It's powerful. Go pray for healing. Go pray for healing. Go do it. Go do it. Pray for your faith to rise. Pray for God to stir up your faith. Pray for it. Pray for the gift of it. Pray for the gift of healing. Pray for it. Get the Word of God in you. Read the Scripture. Read all the Scripture that, that that's the promises of the Lord about healing and go lay your hands on the sick. Go do it. Go do it. The results are up to Him. He just needs a channel to flow through. But if we're going to steward His presence, then we've got to learn. Come on, someone. We're just conduit for Him to flow through. Guys, go, go release the prophetic Word over someone. You never know what that's going to unlock inside of them. Go release it. Go release it. Go share the love of Jesus where He sends you. Go. That person that's bound that He puts on your heart that, that is so full of darkness, man, that seems hopeless. Go share the Gospel with them. Go take the risk. Maybe they'll reject you. Maybe they'll kick you out. Maybe they'll call you a holy roller or whatever. Who knows? But go share the Gospel. Go. Steward what the Lord has given you and go release it in Jesus' name. Be willing to take the risk. Go, go lead someone in deliverance that you know is bound. Get in the Word of God. Hear the voice of the Father. Take that Scripture with you. Declare it over them. Come on. Be willing to take the risk and lead people in deliverance. This is how we steward what the Lord has poured into us in Jesus' name. We have an amazing privilege to partner with Jesus and release His presence on the earth. Acts 1.8 You shall receive power. Why? To feel good? To wait for a next wave to come through, the next conference in Orlando, or this or that, or no, but you shall receive power. You will encounter me in this way so that you could go be my witnesses upon all the earth so that I can release the kingdom of God through you. Amen? With thanksgiving, embracing sonship, cultivating family, letting our plans be erupted, waiting on the Lord, and be willing to take a risk, I believe we'll see the kingdom of God in full obedience, stewarding His presence. Amen? Stewarding is freely you've received, freely give. Hosting. I'm going to have you come and play for a moment. So I'm going to pray over you. That one prayer. We're just going to give Jesus our yes as a house. Amen? We're going to give Jesus our yes. as a, We're going to steward what He's given us. As you come into the Kingdom of God and you surrender your heart to Jesus, you're going to steward that thing and you're going to, you're going to bring your life in alignment with His Word and you're going to turn from sin. You're going to seek righteousness and holiness for He is holy. Amen. As we begin to encounter Him and we begin to feel His presence, He begins to manifest in Him. We're going to, we're going to give Him our yes. And we're going to live with hearts of thanksgiving. And we're going to embrace our sonship and daughtership. Let me tell you something. Your, your anointing, the anointing isn't on your gifting. Your anointing is on your sonship and daughtership. It's on your identity. The anointing flows through you embracing 
you yourself as a son and daughter of the King. Amen. Being willing to wait, being willing to be interruptible. So I was going to pray this over you in a moment. Amen. But I want to give an invitation before I do that. Uh, I just want to give I just want to give an invitation for you to come and receive ministry. If you if you just want to encounter the Lord in a fresh way, then I just want to invite you to come and stand out here. And there's going to be two or three people that's just going to come and agree with you. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your body, then I, I ask you to come and stand down here. And there'll be a couple of people that will come alongside you. Let them know where you need healing at. And we're going to make room for that. If you're here today and you need to encounter Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to become a disciple and a true follower of Jesus Christ, and you want to surrender your life to the Lord, then I want you to come to me and I want to lead you in that sinner's prayer. I want to welcome you into the family of God. Amen. So if you have a need, if you've got something... Um, that you just want specific prayer for, then we're going to take a minute for that. So I invite you to come. If that's the case, step out and come. We'll take time for that right now. And I need, I need, I need strong people to come and pray. I need women, some women to come and pray as, as ladies come. And I need, I need a couple men to come and pray as young men come. Just agree with heaven over them. Agree with the Father's heart over them. Thank you, Jesus. Be willing to take time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're coming like a fire. You're coming like a flood. I don't care what it looks like. So in love. Oh, coming like a fire. Coming like a flood, I don't care what it looks like. So in love, won't you come in like a fire? Coming like a flood, I don't care what it looks like. So in love, won't you come in like a fire? Or come in like a Blood. I don't care what it looks like. I'm so in love. Oh, all I want is you. All I need is you. All I see is you. Just you. Just you, all I want is you, all I need is you, all I see is you, just you, just you. You're still my 
Some are still praying down here. Those of you that are here and you're part of this family, I just want us to corporately give Jesus our yes. So will you just hold your hands out with me kind of like this, like as a congregation, like as Boonville Worship Center, as a whole, these things that God's called us to do, like we're giving Him our yes in in, uh, stewarding His presence. Amen? Amen? culture of revival. Lord, culture of your presence being poured out, embracing you. So let's just pray these things together. Let's just invite him into it. So Lord, we just declare that Boonville Worship Center is a house of thanksgiving. That we are a people that live with a heart and a mindset of thanksgiving in all that we do, God. That our heart posture is a posture of being thankful, God. And Lord, in all that we do, may we enter your courts enter your courts with thanksgiving and may this house may we steward your presence by being a house of thanksgiving and god i declare over this house that this is a house that embraces sonship it embraces daughtership your sons and daughters in this house are no longer slaves they're no longer orphans they don't have to earn your love they have your love our authority is in who we are as you and i declare that this is a house that is calling forth men and women god that embrace their sonship embrace their daughtership and that we walk in that god for your glory we declare that boonville worship center is a house that cultivates family that we celebrate with one another another God that we cheer one another on God and that we have a heart posture of honor God in this house in all that we do God we declare over this house that God as we seek you as we plan as we organize as we put things together that Lord above everything that we do we want what you want in this house and we are a house that is that is ready and willing to be wholly interrupted wholly interrupted for your plan and for your will. And we just say, Jesus, you have our yes to do what you want to do, God, at all times. We give you our yes, Lord. And we declare that this is a house that is willing to wait. That we wait upon you. That we wait upon you and we renew our strength. That we would wait upon you because we wait on your leading. It's a house that's waiting upon you because we don't want to take a step without you leading us in that step. 
So we declare that Boonville Worship Center is a house of waiting, and we declare that the sons and daughters in this house are sons and daughters that are willing to take a risk. It is a safe place for sons and daughters to learn how to operate in and under the gifts that you've given them. And in what we do and in all that we do, that there's accountability and that we learn and that Jesus, you have our yes to release what you pour into each and every one of us. I declare this will not be a house that is hindered by the gifts of the Spirit being used and poured out and flowed through the sons and daughters. But it is open. It's an open channel. It's an open funnel. We will take risk. We will lean on you. We will trust in you. And we just say, Jesus, you have our yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Love you. Bless you. Have an awesome week in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.